Hello, welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dagger. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We are doing a remote session today because I suck as a co-host and did not tell Mike that I had plans in our normal recording time. So we're doing this a little bit early, um, but Mike was gracious enough to uh, hop on for me. Um you know, and we're still going to bring you guys another quality episode like we do every single week. We've got a loaded show for you guys. We're obviously going to be talking NXT TakeOver in your house. It was a one-match show, but we'll get to it. We're going to be talking about uh, the move from uh, Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio going from Hell and Cell pay-per-view to uh, Friday Night SmackDown and what that could be signaling for future WWE programming. We're going to be talking Madden 22, the cover, who was on it, who maybe should have been on it, some potential gameplay changes. We always cover Madden every single year. It's, it's one of the better video games for sports fans out there so we like to cover any possible new features we're going to be talking um the lions inside the den as well just briefly and then we're also going to be covering some nba playoff talk um disclaimer now ahead of time we don't know who's going to the eastern conference finals therefore don't yell at me don't yell at mike about talking about teams that may or may not be in it in three or four days from now we don't know who's going to win so we can't don't shoot me is basically what i'm saying but I digress, but I think first let's start off here, Mike. Um, let's just jo- let's just start off with NXT Takeover. Um, you know, we got Hell and Cell on Sunday. Obviously, we can't talk about that because we haven't seen it yet. We'll review that probably horrific show uh, next week. But NXT Takeover um, in your house. Thought, give me an overall grade on the show first before we kind of go match by match here, um, and, and you know, and break them down. Uh, okay. So overall, I want to give, give it, like, you want two grades. Cause there's like, I feel like if they just did this as a one hour yeah. special, this would have been a great show and be like, wow, it was it one match, been, but it was good. If you, if you had what the opening match was in the main event, I'd give it like yep. an A minus. Yep. And then when you had the three beast matches in the middle, I'd give yeah. it like a C. Yeah. I'm at like a C, C plus. plus. So yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, the, the first not, two matches you went in thinking, wow, that was a really strong open, and they closed it well. In the middle, you went, that was awful. Like, it was not – I did not enjoy the middle parts no. of – I I, 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 I still think, yeah, C-plus is still my great – I wouldn't say awful. Awful is not fair, but there well, was – C-plus isn't awful, but, yeah, like – It was, not, it was above average, but not good. Yeah, we'll, we'll say in takeover terms – Yeah, and we'll talk about that, too, because I do think there is something to talk about that when it comes to the main event, especially. But let's just jump in first match, uh, six man tag, right? Yeah, so we had the North American title, uh, NXT tag title, six man winner take all match. Bronson Reed and MSK defeated Legato Del Fantasma. Yep. In in 13 minutes, 36 seconds, received four stars. And like I said, as we mm-hmm. just started talking about it, I think this was like a great opener. Yes. Um, this would have been a really good TV. Yes. Uh, main event. Last main event. Yes. But it opened yes. this show, which I'm totally cool with. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun. I love MSK. Bronson Reed will work with. He's he's cool. He does his thing. Uh, Santos Escobar gets me going every time. Yep. Um, so it was it was a nice combination of guys. Um and I love MSK. We're just going to say it again. We yeah, love I, I was kind of surprised, honestly, that there wasn't title changes here. I thought this was a perfect time to do so. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we previewed the show as well. I know you took MSK and Bronson Reed, but I, I, I honestly kind of thought that there may have been a title change just because I know they're trying to keep Bronson Reed hot. And we're going to talk about him a little bit later on uh, when we talk about uh, – 
SmackDown and Raw here in a little bit. But um, I know Bronson just took the title and MSK is still running the undefeated streak. But I figured at this point you could have had Santos beat one of the MSK members, a single star beating a tag guy. So it doesn't really hurt anybody. And you still get the titles on a new faction. I know because Santos just dropped the cruiserweight title. I kind of felt like that's kind of where they were heading. I, I'm not necessarily upset with the fact that they went this way. I like MSK a lot as a tag team. NXT tag team, the division is super deep right now with a lot of top-tier talent. Um, but the the middle division, that North American title division, is quite bare right now. There's not anybody super-duper over. Well, they're going to talk about another couple guys here later on in the show, but um, – Love this opener. I actually thought it could have went a little bit longer. I was kind of surprised it only went 13 minutes. When you said that number, I went, it did feel kind of short, um, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about that ladder match, because that ladder match went on. So um, I felt like some maybe the time could have been allocated to this match. But overall, right. it was a solid opener for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so our second match, we had Zia Lee defeating Mercedes Martinez. And I'm not going to lie, this is the one match I didn't watch. Yeah, two and a quarter stars went only like seven and a half minutes. Felt like it. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming it was just a match. Yeah, uh, by the star rating, everything. I'll give you a a quick breakdown. Right, Mercedes dominated early. You know, Zaylee came back. They're basically trying to piggyback off of something happened to me on Classic like five years ago. Um, They're trying to get Zaylee over. They had the other chick, the 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 other chick. Get up and I don't remember. Uh, it's like Boa Tiong. or Mei no, no, or- yeah, Boa's the dude. But it's like Tiong Shay or something like that. I think okay. is is her name. And if I butchered that, sorry. But like, um, she got up and choked Mercedes Martinez. I didn't think that. I don't have anything wrong with the gimmick. I don't have anything wrong with trying to push Zia Lee. That's fine. I think the sword thing that she does in her entrance is stupid because she just looks ridiculous fighting against air, but that's beside the point. Um, she just She's just like chopping away at nothing. It's like, all right, why? Like, you don't need that. Like, yeah. you, you got a badass entrance to start off, and then all of a sudden you're doing a whole bunch of random hayas. Like, I don't, I don't need that. But I just think Mercedes Martinez is the wrong person for this because Mercedes Martinez – is a a veteran and be somebody who has a legitimate stroke, like amongst some fans who knew her beforehand, like she's a legitimate, like legitimate talent. Like she's a badass in a lot of respects. So I was like, I just felt like they could have done this angle with somebody else, I guess mm-hmm. is my point, right? Uh, you know, a more secured good guy. Cause she's not a Mercedes Martinez isn't even a good guy. So it's like, you have these two bad guys going at it one-on-one and you're like, no, I don't really know who to cheer for. I don't really know whether I'm supposed to be like impressed or not. It was just a weird combination for me where like, if she did this to like um, Casey Catanzaro or somebody like that, right. Where she just beat them in four or five minutes. Right. I mean like a dominant like thing about it. I think that that would have gotten your point over a little bit more and built up to beating Mercedes Martinez when it, she had some credible victories. I don't know. It just, it just felt a little bit weird to me. It, mm-hmm. He didn't miss anything, I guess is the point. Of <laughs> okay. This match felt uh, like a match that should have opened TV. Yeah, that's how. I, that's how. That's, it felt that's kind of how. I, how like I next week from... on on NXT television, we're gonna open up with you know Zia Lee versus Mercedes Martinez in a grudge match. That's yeah. what I felt like. Gotcha. Uh, we had the million dollar title ladder match. LA Knight defeating Cameron Grimes to win it, and I'm kind of over the whole ladder match thing right now. They do Getting it really beaten down in NXT. Yeah, they, they do it all the time because it's like the yep. one gimmick match that yep. works without fans. Really, like yep. everything else that you really kind of need fans for. True that. Um, but this match was fine. LA Knight 
like I, I kind of like Cameron Grimes' character now. Um, mm-hmm. It's growing on me. Yeah. And the stuff he did was really good. I'm just not a big LA Knight guy. And then when he won, I was like, oh, well. You know what's funny is right. I'm really digging. I, I'm really digging Cameron. I actually really like LA Knight's character. I like I like his promo. His in ring work is meh, but like mm-hmm. I enjoy his promo. I think he's got a great. I think he's got a different kind of you know, like delivery and stuff. So I dig that. I think he can handle his own. I think he's a guy that's going to flourish more on the main roster than an NXT because the in-ring work is more important in NXT clearly, um, which is which is funny because when we're going to talk about the main event, for sure, there's a glaring hole or problem with the main event. But um, this match for me, I thought it was fine. I like the introduction of the Million Dollar Championship. I think it's an interesting wrinkle to keep something important, keep these guys relevant without competing for the North American. Um even though the North American division definitely is more influx of talent, but I digress. Um, but at the same time, I just thought this match went on way too long. Like, I, I just felt like we were dragging on for a while and then we hit some big spots and it's fine. But to your point, Mike, the ladder match at this point, especially in NXT, it's like, how many times can you do it? Like there's only so many times you can keep reinventing this wheel. And it's getting to the point where it's like, man, any build up, give me a steel cage. Give me, give me some, if you need a gimmick, give me a tables match. You can get away with anything in tables match. Someone can barely step through one and they lose and you can build off of that. A ladder match is just like, man, I love them to death, but it was better when I saw it once a year, not once every six weeks. I mean, we just saw one for the cruiserweight title literally two months ago. Yeah. The last, last takeover, right. Which is why I'm like, yeah, it's just like, I'm just just so over the gimmicks. Yeah. And all of that, just like, give me a nice, why can't they just fight one-on-one for the title? Like, what, no, what was no doubt. Would right. like, yeah. It would have been well, ahead of five 15 minute match. Well, you can do matches too that, uh, that help protect both talents, right? Cause a ladder match is really meant to protect the loser, right. Yeah. Or to continue the feud. In my, in, in my case, right. You can, a table match works. I still cage is kind of a blow off. That kind of is like, okay, that's kind of finality, but like, do a bull rope match, strap match, that kind of thing where you got to touch all four corners. That's an easy way to get out of a finish where the bad guy wins, but the, the face was so close, right? And he cheated, whatever. You've got so many other things in your back pocket you can do, quick roll-ups, disqual- you know, stuff like that where you don't need a ladder match of all, th- especially with the, t- mm-hmm. the million-dollar title. It's like you couldn't even hang the damn thing. You had to put it in a big suitcase that he couldn't even open. It was a yeah. whole, it was a whole, it was went like a, too long. It was a whole sh- yeah, it was a whole Shabazz, and it was the second longest match on the show. Went too long. Went way and too went long. Went too long. Uh, I think this match should have just gave time to the opener, like you said earlier, Correct. and it would have been perfectly fine. So, and honestly, if this match would have opened the show, I think and had less time, I think it would have been better. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like if you're four man's car, it's like, man, I really enjoyed the six man, but give me the six man. And then the fatal five way back to back that whole half of the show, you can just basically throw away and just give me those two matches for It'd the be fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. I, I see. I'm always a big fan of going from like least, I guess you could say least yep. important to most important yep. from New Japan, Japan does how they New do Japan it and everything. Yep. So I don't like having like, Oh, we're going to open with a world title and end with a world title. Like WWE does like hate that. Just give me I hate that. It's important to most important. So in this yep. case, give me like Zaya Lee to open mm-hmm. million dollar lighter match and then have all three big title matches, the last three. And I'll be like, Word. Oh, it works. But yep, for sure. Yep. Uh, co-main event. We had the women's title match. So we had Raquel Gonzalez beat Ember Moon in 12 minutes, 38 seconds, receiving three stars. Um, I actually like this match. I yeah. liked Ember Moon. Raquel Gonzalez is growing on me a lot. And Dakota yeah. Kai, 
came back because yep. she was hurt, I think, or she well, was she, like, Yeah, she got reason. knocked out and brought back and everything else like that. But yeah, so, but I like the match. I like her Kyle Gonzalez a lot now. She's like mm-hmm. growing up. She's also growing on me. Yep. So uh, overall, I'm, di- I'm digging match, it. I'm digging but it. nothing special. They did a really good job of building her. The, the only problem with this match is, and we have that same problem right now with Roman Reigns a little bit, but to a lesser extent, where the first title defense, there is no chance Ember Moon was winning this match, and you knew it going in. I'm glad they didn't give it too much time either, right? They still made Ember Moon look good. She hit the finish. She, you know, needed the foot on the ropes. I am waiting for the turn for Dakota Kai to turn on Gonzalez or vice versa. You yeah. feel it. At, it's coming at some point, I'm sure, where we're going to see that, you know, you know, rivalry, one, you know, once again, where the two partners, former champions, you know, go at it. I'm expecting that yeah. at some point. Um, I thought this was fine. I, I didn't think yeah. anything wrong with it, but I'm not going to remember it either, I guess, other than it's yeah. her first title defense. Yeah, I 100% agree. So we'll just get to the main event because that's the one everyone wants to hear. Yep. Uh, Fatal Five Way, we had Karrion Cross defeating Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, 26 minutes and 15 seconds, which feels, to be honest, a lot shorter than what I that's, remember. I was just about to say, it only went 26 minutes. Wow. And it got four and a quarter stars. Now, I don't remember exactly if it opened with like, I'm pretty sure it was a clean open, right? So yep, yeah, nothing crazy. No, nope. I mean okay. you got to remember, Karrion Cross's entrance is 14 minutes, so that's maybe that's why. True, yeah. Maybe so that's, that's why, why we why thought the match went longer. Than yeah, that's true, <laughs> but yeah, so 26 minutes, four and a quarter stars, and I liked the fundamental idea mm-hmm. of the match. Yep. Um, I think we can both agree that I would have preferred Karrion Cross to not be in the match. Yes. Um, I really wish to make this show 10 times better, in my opinion take out the Zia Lee match, make this a four-way number one contenders, and they gave Cross to, like, name a guy. Yep. And yep. I think the show's a little better. Yeah. But that's just my opinion on it. I think Cross, every time he was in the ring, like, they used him as, like, slowed the down. unstoppable force, that, yep. and it just slowed everything down. And mm-hmm. then he leaves, and you go, all four of these guys who can do flips and do the cool tearing stuff, yep. they're just they're tearing it down, and then Cross comes back in it. It's like when Lesnar's in a match. Like, they had that five-way a couple years ago at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and all these guys were just, like, you know, like, Reigns and, like, mm-hmm. Orton Cena or whatever, and they were just, like, beating each other. And then Lesnar comes in, you go, yeah, right. We got right, yeah, to. Lesnar's got six moves. We got to hit his six moves, and then he's out of there again. And then we throw him through a table, and then now we yeah. can go again. And that was kind of the same thing. Yeah, this match did. I don't think did as much. If we're talking storyline purposes, it did cross fine. He beats three. He beats four top guys, all former champions in some respects, um, in their respective divisions, all top guys for sure. Um, so in that respect, it makes Cross still look like a monster. However when it comes to in ring and we already knew this going in that cross is not to the level of an Adam Cole or a Gargano or an O'Reilly or a Pete Dunn. They are on, they are on an echelon almost by themselves. It really, it's, it's really magic what they can do. But at the same time, there was a massive, and I mean, massive difference between when you saw those four guys in compared to when cross had to step in. Now I'm not a big, I'm, I'm fine with slowing stuff down when you need to, but I'm not even talking about my quickness. I'm talking about from a smooth perspective, man, O'Reilly into Dunn, into Cole, into Gargano. And you just felt like everybody knew exactly where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there. It was so smooth. It was elegant. It was still brutal. You still had a lot of hard hits, but man, those four guys in any capacity, they just make magic together. And it, and you can just tell that Cross is this is why Cross is so high on their board. It's because he's a WWE. He is built for the WWE. Um, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit too, because I did read some stuff about him maybe potentially moving up. So we're going to talk about that in a second, but 
made him look like a monster. What did you think of the finish? Because we talked <laughs> off, we talked off air, and I think we both can agree the finish was a little bit confusing for a couple of reasons. Yeah. See, uh, the matches for me always, if the finish works, yeah, it immediately like, takes it way higher. Yeah, right. like it takes it higher, or like I always complain about the Kevin Owens Reigns matches because their finishes were always awful. Right. And then I was like, okay, this diminishes the match just a little bit. For sure. And in this occasion, I think the whole match was relatively pretty good. Yep. up until the finish and i went mm-hmm. i just don't like when they make people look stupid yeah and you're like you might ask well how are they look stupid well <laughs> kyle o'reilly if you don't remember kyle o'reilly was um submitting adam cole in right. like a leg knee bar type knee bar thing. Or whatever right. thing whatever kyle o'reilly does some weird moves that doesn't yeah. look like it hurt but they do hurt i guess yeah it's all so, jujitsu legitimate mat based wrestling right yeah so he's doing this move and cross comes in and instead of like breaking up the submission like you think a normal person would he just chokes out kyle o'reilly but it wasn't an immediate choke out it right. took like right. a minute and a half for mm-hmm. him to finally choke him out right in that time frame if adam cole ended up submitting that's the other kyle match. o'reilly would have won and the match right. would have been over it's not like elimination right. style it right. would have just been over right and so my problem with the matches or my problem with the ending of the match yep. is that i'm like Karen Cross should have broke up Kyle O'Reilly first. And then pulled and him then out just, and then just pulled him off. Or he could just pull him right off of him, right? Yeah. He's so strong. Pulls him right off by the yeah, head he, and then throws him into the Kikina. Yeah, grab right. him by the head, just yank yep. him off. Yep. Have Cole roll, roll out, out and then hold and him then, in yep. for 30 seconds and he taps or yep. passes exactly. out or whatever it was. Right. Um, yeah, just a little bit of details there, right? That you just kind of go with and you, and you kind of continuously kind of go into the um, – you know, into, into a finish. Right. And you go, okay, wow. That was, it, it was anticlimactic. I also don't think that Kyle O'Reilly now I understand why, right. On the one side, it's like, okay, O'Reilly was this close, right. He was, he was a fingertip. He was one sec, two seconds away from tapping yeah. out Adam Cole to winning the NXT title. He's the only guy in the match that hasn't been a quote unquote world champion. If you're counting the UK title for Pete Dunn. Right. So it's like, okay. But on that same note, O'Reilly then getting choked out to me doesn't help him. He's now lost twice clean to Finn, right? He all, he should have lost to Cole if we're, if we're going legitimately. I mean, that match was redonkulous. And they're going to have another match this upcoming Wednesday, okay. um, which I'm hoping Tuesday. is going to – which yeah, Tuesday, I'm sorry, which I'm hoping is going to tear the house down, which it should. Probably will. But um, so, like, all those things, I'm like, man, you're really trying to put Kyle in this main event level tier, which I think he deserves, but – I thought Gargano being in this match was the perfect guy. If someone's going to tap mm-hmm. out, get choked out, going to lose this match, it should have been Gargano. Yeah. He didn't, he's the only guy that didn't really quote unquote fit the match outside of you look at the accolades. Oh yeah. He, she, he, he could be in this match, but from a storyline perspective, he's the only person where he went, Oh, by the way, he's now in this match. You know what I mean? So I felt like Gargano should have taken the fall there and Kyle could have, oh, they could have even done a simultaneous thing, right? Where, you know, Cross has got Gargano in a headlock. O'Reilly's got Cole in the knee bar, and they're both just looking at each other, right? They're both trying to get this other person to tap, and just Gargano passes out five seconds before Cole. Something Mm -hmm. to make it look like O'Reilly was still that close, but just couldn't get it done for whatever reason, right? So Mm -hmm. that was my that's my other complaint about it. Other than that, I really enjoyed the match, though. Once again, I really really enjoyed this. For me, it was really a one match show. that was the match. Well, I will go into that match. I go, man, this match better deliver because if not, this has been an oh, this has been a pretty subpar NXT takeover. Yeah. I, I give it like a one point five because I like the opening 
Yeah, for sure. It was give me, great, but like liked it. Yeah, give me – so, Mike, I want to ask you this, though, right? And we, talk, we hit a little bit on it before. With the takeovers, right, are we at a point now where we, we have to stop, I guess, the expectation that every takeover is going to be bananas? Because at a, we were at a point there for a, like a year, two years, where every takeover where it was like, wow, like I don't know how they topped it with a story, with the finishes, with the in-ring product. And now it's like, I think we still have some pretty solid stories. I think the in-ring product is, is still pretty darn good. I would rival yes. it to anywhere else, honestly, especially the top stars. But clearly it's not hitting the way it used to, or we've just become desensitized to it. Give me your thoughts on that. I think we need to wait until the full fans are back Yeah. to raise the extra. Because I think, I think the one thing NXT did that even the main roster doesn't do or mm-hmm. AEW can't do yet, but probably will get to a point where yeah. is NXT does their weekly shows in a smaller arena. So like you can tell, okay, there's like a thousand, 2000 yeah. people in this right. arena when COVID was like before right. COVID or whatever. Right. And then their takeovers were in like Barclays, Barclays. center with yeah. like 12,000 people there. And yeah. you could just see, okay, there's so many more people. All these people are invested in everything. So yeah. it just felt like a bigger deal. And WWE doesn't even do that as much because all their shows are in big arenas too. Right. Like right. they're the same size. It doesn't feel as, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel because as big you're not, until yeah. you, until you hit mania where you go, okay, obviously wow. it's mania, whatever. Right. Exactly. But I think that's the difference where takeover right now, it's always the same 50 people in the yep. arena or yep. whatever. So it doesn't feel, it just feels like a regular NXT episode. Mm-hmm. So until they're able to, even now, if they go from what they look like now and they can add like 3,000 right. people, just make it look bigger and more people, right. then we can get more invested. But I think it's really the fans. Yeah, that's like, missing from looks, this. Yeah, it just yeah. looks the exact same. And yeah. you can see it with um, AEW. All the Dynamites have like 1,000 people and Double or Nothing when they have 12,000 yeah. people. And you were like, oh, this like, is a show. Yeah, I'm pumped. It's, I'm it's pumped. insane here. You felt and it with WrestleMania could, even. Yeah, you, you felt, felt it with Mania, Mania when you right. had no fans and now you have – 6,000 people there, you're like, oh my God, look at how good yeah, this is. This is so much better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I think I, it's just a like way for the people to come back and that's going to start in a month or so. so. Yeah, let's talk about that because I think that's a perfect segue, right? Because so, um, you know, we, we've heard the Roman Reigns-Rey Mysterio match that we talked about beat up a lot because no one really wanted to see it. Um, but still a main event quality match. I don't care who you are. It is it's a main event quality match. As much as I just don't like it, it, it is. Uh, they moved that match from Hell in a Cell to Friday Night SmackDown this past week. Main event of the show, Roman Wayne's wins. Shocker, I know. Um, but he wins the match, right? And you, you immediately you get a couple reports. First report is USA is pissed because Fox has got Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio, two Hall of Fame guys, the most over guy in the entire industry right now, and Roman Reigns defending the world title in Hell in a Cell on free television. And USA has got Bobby Lashley and a blind kid versus Drew McIntyre and a deaf kid in a who can stink up the joint more match on Raw every single night in hour three. So it's like, um, and then we also get the second report that Vince McMahon is aware that the product is a bit stale and they are basically holding their cards close to the vest until they start going on tour which is really going to start around SummerSlam. That's when I think things are really going to start. That yeah. build to SummerSlam I think is when we're really going to start to see things amped up. Yeah. Question for you Mike is twofold. Number 1, do you think that raw do you think that basically we're going to see this infusion uh, of 
of, you know, maybe some stars coming back like Becky Lynch edge. I know I've read is coming back at some point. Cena is potentially going to come back. And then, you know, a, do you think that's going to help? How much is that going to help? And B, do you think that WWE needs to start putting on some of these matches? And I think AEW is doing a decent job of this at times where they put on a match where you go, that could have been on pay-per-view. Like mm-hmm. we need to start seeing these moments where you go, okay, maybe the show as a whole, maybe wasn't all that great, but man, you know, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn was awesome. Or like, you know, when we saw Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre, we talked about the story, like that match stood out because like, wow, that was a really good match. And we saw it on raw three, pay, three, you know, we got three mm-hmm. commercials in that match that went for 25 minutes. That was a great match. Do you think we need to start seeing more of that on a weekly basis from WWE, both raw and SmackDown, even though I'd say SmackDown has yeah. been a great show. I still think they could do more. Yeah. I'm, I'm conflicted on that because yeah. so far like AEW, I think because all their pay-per-views, most of their matches four, are, too. Yeah. and they only have four, which also helps, but there are really quality matches on there. So it, it's like, does it WWE pay-per-view for me? Does not have that many quality pay-per-view matches as it is? So moving those away, like yeah. say like you get the normal, like say this hell in the, sh- hell in the South show, right? Yep. We get like Bobby Lashley versus Drew McTire is like the one, Yep. star right match, match on the show everything right. else is just average subpar but right. that's your one shining gold match and then you put and then you're like oh but we could have put that on raw yeah but that just makes your pay-per-view yeah. literally almost unwatchable right because you don't have like six or seven matches that are like oh wow that was that was a great match so right. to to my point i guess is yep. that i i think i i think i would like to see more like bigger name matches on raw and smackdown yeah and i think smackdown can afford it because they have way more stories that are more interesting more so you talent. Can put, if we're being honest we have more talent you can, better well, you talent said, yeah. you can put seth Rollins and cesaro on smackdown and not on a pay-per-view because i'm cool with that as a tv match right i would see it on either one and that's right. fine but for raw i guess specifically they don't put on enough quality stuff they yeah. usually only have one feud that i'm interested in, in each pay-per-view that they go to Correct. and i'm like if you put that one one match on regular tv then i'm like this pay-per-view really means nothing to me then and that's not what you want is you don't want your pay-per-view to mean nothing you want as much on your pay-per-view as possible sure so back to my first question right do you do you believe and have a hope that wwe is basically waiting to release the hounds as mr burns would say from the (laughs) simpsons right is like they have some stuff ready to go and they have some Ah. big plans and SummerSlam is supposed to be huge this year are you hoping that is actually the case? And by huge, I don't mean Brock Lesnar coming back because I will literally <laughs> throw a temper tantrum. If if I was a gambling man, which I'm I'm not. You kind of say that. You kind of. Yeah, you kind of not. <laughs> if I'm a gambling man, I would say that they definitely do have at least some, if yeah. not a whole bunch of stuff ready to go. I yeah. think you're in that weird. There's a very weird time right now that it's like we're three weeks away from getting live fans back every single week. Yeah. So it's like you don't want to. We're just coasting. John's, we're trying yeah, to. We're just floating. Yeah, you don't want John Cena to flow out on SmackDown. Nope. With in front of LED TVs. Nope. When in three weeks you can get ten thousand people in the stadium and yep. have him erupt when he gets there. Exactly. Like so, you're just kind of in that. Even like a you're Lesnar, in purgatory. Pecky you can Lynch, say it. you're in purgatory. Yeah, you're, you're literally just in purgatory. That's why these shows have been awful. Yeah. Uh, for the past, like, SmackDown's been fine, but yep. pretty bad for the last Raw's couple been, weeks. Raw's been really Raw's been bad. horrendous. Oh my god, has it been bad? But I, I do think, I think that Raw, 
I guess it's actually after Money in the Bank. I think that's like the first live one. Yeah, but Money if in I, the Bank they can correctly. get away with because you've got the qualifiers. You have there's already intrigued interest based on the story of Money in the Bank, so they yeah. can get away with it until at, and that. But you're right though; they are in the spot where it's I think like, that I think that Raw after Money in the Bank, I yes. think it's gonna be at the Raw after Mania this yeah. year. Whereas like that's the Raw. If you're gonna watch Raw this year, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be that one because that's when you're gonna get. Whoever, right. Lesnar, well, we've got Kieran yeah. Kraut, you can have any of these guys debut and yep. beat Drew McIntyre up, and that's a match at SummerSlam. And that's how yep. the show it's going to start for up. sure. I'm interested to see. So, you mentioned Kieran Cross, so you're killing it with my with my transitions today. I'm loving I'm, it. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, I love it. I love that you're actually flowing right into it because it brings me to my next point. So, we read online as well that both Cross and Bronson Reed were backstage at Friday Night SmackDown. They actually did some dark matches. Um, that probably won't see the light of day, but they're basically kind of get, they're bringing people up to TVs to kind of see where they're at. And for the upcoming and the NBA, I almost said NBA draft for the upcoming WWE draft to get some of these guys ready to go. So my question to you, Mike, um, is do you, I mean, is, is cross not so much Bronson Reed. Cause I think I don't, unfortunately, I don't think Bronson Reed, if he goes to the main roster, is going to do a whole lot. Quite frankly, I think he's already kind of reached the ceiling as is, but Bronson Reed, or I mean, uh, Karen cross is interesting because I think this is the guy we've been talking about literally since the debut ago. Okay. It's only a matter of time. It's only mm-hmm. a matter of time before he's on raw killing people. Yeah. Is it time already to bring him up? And do we need to get the NXT title off him? Like now? Because I, th- I think it is, quite frankly. I yeah. think he's already, what, especially the fact that what they just did a takeover, he beat four main event challenge guys that you could get literally eight months out of TV with those four guys just fighting each other. I, I, there's nothing else left for him to do. He's undefeated. Yeah. I, no, have a dream scenario. I have a dream scenario for Karen Cross. Okay. But it would probably kill him on the main roster. But hear me out and tell me this wouldn't be your favorite thing of all time, which it won't be, but like, tell me it wouldn't be. So he debuts with like the NXT, like kind of how Kevin Owens did or whatever. But instead of a main roster guy, like beating Mm -hmm. him, he gets a SummerSlam match with Walter. Oh, I like that. And then Walter takes the title off of him because, and then takes that and the UK title. And now he's on, he's just like the total He's yeah. a total man on NXT, both shows, whatever. Right. And then mm-hmm. Karrion Cross can start doing his thing at the Raw after SummerSlam. Yeah. But you get a big profile NXT match on SummerSlam mm-hmm. in front of 20,000 yeah. people or whoever are going to be at SummerSlam or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to be a I think I think it'd be very interesting. I'm very interested to see what they do. And Walter's another guy, too, where it's like, you know, he's probably never going to go to the main roster because he doesn't want to travel the States all the time. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, he's been champion for a minute. A minute. So it's like it's but it's, he's holding both now. It's like, man, now. Yeah, I'd like, be I'm very interested to see that for sure. I, there's a lot of guys in NXT, man. Like, I'm just kind of just like waiting. You know, I know Cross is a guy that's been ready forever just based off his look, everything about it. He's, he's a WWE guy. Like, he just yeah. is like. Um, but the, I mean, like, even for me, I'm still on the, I'm still in the Adam Cole thing. Where I'm like, Adam Cole could go to raw right now and be the number one heel on, yeah. on, on the show. I, don't, I, I still don't think he's going to get called up. I don't think he is either. And I don't think he wants out. to like, obviously Maybe I think not. like, I think if they're like, Hey, do you like, you're going up right now? Do you want to go? I think he'd yeah. say no. Yeah. But like he has the first offer to go up. Yeah, I think I mean I just look at him and I go, dude, he's he's literally not carried a show in everywhere he's been. PWG, Ring of Honor, NXT, it, it, everywhere he's gone, he's been the man. It's like I yeah. just have he to me is this. 
I'm, this is going to sound ridiculous. I know people are going to bash me, but he is, if we're talking about this generation, he is this generation, Shawn Michaels. He's the smaller guy who can just work with everybody and he makes everybody look good. It, it, he's yeah. just, he just is, but I digress anyway. Yeah. All right, let's get off. Let's get off of WWE here. I know some fans are like, all right, I'm over it. You're talking about a fake sport. Okay. Let's shift focus here. Uh, let's talk, let's talk NFL. First thing I want to talk about is, is the lions. Right. And, and not so much who they've signed. They haven't done anything really. The roster's probably kind of set at least until camp. There may be some Kyle Gurley still may sign to Mike's, you know, dismay. <laughs> I literally like have no opinions. I know. Um, He's going to be the I, third. I, Isn't it amazing how people get excited about a third running back? Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah. Like, Oh, Todd Gurley's here. It's like, Oh, great. Cool. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like we're, the, we're like, we're the lions. I'm still not excited. Like, yeah, exactly. It's because he's not, he's not Todd Gurley anymore. He's yeah. Todd Gurley's if father. If you told me we were trading for <laughs> Todd Gurley back in like 2018, yeah. when he was putting up like 1,900 yards rushing, then I'd be like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, great. And then, that, and then you go, oh, great. Now his knees are gone and now we're stuck with this massive contract. Yeah. Uh, but I digress. Anyway. But I do want to talk a little bit, just a little bit about this last Inside the Den. Now, if you don't know what Inside the Den is, it's the Lions. They, they do this series during it's training really camp. Obviously, yeah, it gets you really pumped for the season. It really does. They, it's, it's all positive. There's nothing negative about it, right? Everybody's, Not an ounce of negativity. Everybody is the best player ever. Everyone's super excited. Matt Patricia knows what he's doing. You know, the whole nine yards, right? Yo, they really sell you hard. If you watch the first, what was it, four? Yeah. I think it's like four or five episodes last year. Yeah, they yeah. really sell you that. Patricia just knows everything. Yeah, he's, he's always. Like, oh yeah do this yeah blah blah, blah. he's yeah. all excited everyone's all excited and blah 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 in reality everyone's like kill me yeah. um but this is the first time and this is pertaining specifically to the draft if you're a draft junkie like me and mike um are especially when it comes to the nfl then i think i think you should really watch this it's like 37 minutes long so put it on your tv everyone's got a smart tv nowadays put it on youtube put it on tv and watch it if you're a lions fan it gets you super pumped up no doubt i thought it was funny i thought it was informative but the, the number one thing I thought was really neat to see was just the fact that they did it at all. Like we saw the Carolina Panthers do it. We've seen the Buffalo Bills and the Colts did it last year where they did like a whole series, like super duper in-depth with their pre-draft meetings, who they're drafting, all the excitement in the draft room, all that good stuff. Mike, just give me your thoughts on, you know, are you, are you, are you happy to see some of this stuff? It was always been a big pain of mine for like after the draft, well, and in some it's like, oh, we don't want anybody to see anything. It's like, what are they going to see? The draft's over. Like, you don't got to mm-hmm. tell me that, oh, we were going to make a trade for this guy, but he didn't come to us. And so we get after this guy. But like, you can tell me that you got a call from blank team and you just said, yeah. no, we're going to take this kid because we love him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, for me, it's just a breath of fresh air. It's just another reason why I'm going to detest so much this previous regime. I just felt like this was something that was super cool for the fans that we got to see some of the rationale behind why they made some of these picks. And just a little bit, not a lot, but just a little bit of the process where you go, okay, they stuck to their board. They got guys that they're really, they're really, you know, in love with and maybe not so much fourth, fifth, sixth round. That's a bit lions, you know, fluff, but first couple Mm -hmm. rounds, especially they really like these guys. Yeah, I mean, I had no problems with it. I actually like stumbled upon it because yeah. I was just like, oh, what's what's going on? And then I right. saw, I saw like, um, what's his name, uh, Brad Holmes yeah. or Dan Campbell? Yeah, yeah. He like didn't know how to work a phone. Yeah, and he was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he hung up on the guy. He went, hey, New Orleans, tried to call you. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like, he's a living legend. So oh I, had to, I had to watch the video. So funny. And um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a little like cheesy for me because like every single like Panay yeah. Sewell. I totally get like I was excited for it. Everyone yeah. was excited for it. Like right. that's fine. I, I totally get him. Yeah. And even Levi, the second round pick right. guy, 
Uh, that's that's gonna be his name now. Anzurike. Uh, yeah, Anzurike. Um, the second round pick guy. That's yeah. His, that's great. Um, even him, I was like, okay, I can see the excitement because you don't have good interior pass rush, and he just kind of fell to you. So mm-hmm. I was cool with that too. But everyone after that, they were like, oh my god, Derek Barnes, man, we just yeah. we loved right. him. We, we loved we, Derek we Barnes. We would have took him in the second round, but like we could get him in the. I was like, I was like, don't don't joke with yourself. Yeah, There's no right. way you would take yeah. this guy in the second round. Yeah, or you would have traded up when he was there. Yeah, uh, the seventh Jamar Jefferson, the running yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, he's just staring at us. And I'm he like, was just okay. staring at us, and we were gonna yeah. pick him in the third round, but we liked uh, this guy. And I was like, yeah, because he's slow and runs like a four seven forty. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, so like that stuff. I was like, they just make everyone like the greatest thing that they've ever drafted, yeah. which was like a little cheesy for me. Yeah. But I did like seeing the actual instead of like. I call them the diary room sessions because I watch mm-hmm. reality TV a lot. Yeah. But like the, the outcuts where they're like, oh, I love, but like the actual war room itself. Yeah, where it was unfiltered. Really yeah, it was unfiltered. Yeah. It was just they're standing around. They're like, listen, I really like this kid. This kid's really yeah. good. I don't like, want him. Yeah. Like talking about Levi Anzurike, like when they were talking about it, it was like the late first round early and they're like, bro, can we get this Levi guy? Like, should we trade yeah. up? Like, can, we, can call? we get this guy? Right, and they were exactly. saying it like the unfiltered stuff. It wasn't like in the off screen after yeah. the draft card. He yeah. was like, oh, do we trade up for him? And then Dan Campbell's like, you know what? Let's just sit. And if he's yeah, there, we're, we're going to put the card in so fast. Right. And then he just like landed there. I was like, okay, it makes you feel good that maybe oh, there was, was certain, there really was a team, him. there was a team that took somebody too, where it was like, um, I don't remember it was in the first round. Like, oh, they could go D tackle here. Oh, this is going to be Levi. This is definitely going to be Anzarike. And then they didn't take him. And the whole draft room was like, yes. Like, oh my gosh. Like, this is like, huge you know mm-hmm. i thought the i thought the biggest thing i took away from it too was the the small snippet and if you haven't watched it closely if you i watched it twice now just to make sure i didn't miss anything because i'm a freak like that and there's nothing else to do but like um you know the the interaction between sheila fordham the lion's new owner and brad holmes where she blatantly without prompting went what are we going to do if we don't get a wide receiver out of this draft and this is in round three mind you and this is at this point, they're already talking about taking a Lee McNeil, the other defensive tackle and Brad Holmes, it all unfiltered, unedited goes, well, listen, this guy here, we have the USC kid penciled in. We like this kid a hell of a lot, right? But we think we can grab him a little bit later. And if we don't get him, we've got all these other guys. And he just kind of does like a hand motion to the board. He goes, but Aleem is the only guy on this board worth taking at this spot who can play this and is the only true nose guard on the board anymore. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, and so he basically just broke it down. He trusted his board and he gave her a, a a sophisticated answer. And then she rightfully so as the owner recognizing that there is a hole on the roster where you go, the wide receiver depth is clearly a problem. And it still is right. We can all say it that we don't have a proven established star at the wide receiver position right now where you can say, she offered a question and he gave her, he gave her a logical answer and they went, okay. And they took a Lee McNeil. They were all really excited. Amon Ra as, as Holmes had kind of predicted, he's like, listen, versus the next guy we're going to get him and Barnes were our two guys that were like these, if we can get these two guys round four is going to be great. They nailed it. But those are the kind of things where it was just refreshing to see that interaction unedited, unfiltered, you know, not them talking about what they said, but actually seeing that conver- that small conversation mm-hmm. and the explanation as to why they did it is just something that we have not seen from the Lions franchise as a whole, regardless of regime, in my lifetime. We've never mm-hmm. seen it like this. So just thought it was something cool. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. I think it's a great piece. It gets you hyped for all the draft picks, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, it gives you hype for the draft picks, and then through the season, if they're not on yeah. hard knocks, which I do think – 
I don't know if the rules say that they can't be on Hard Knocks because they got a new head coach or whatever. Like, I don't yeah. know how all that works for Hard Knocks, but there's a very good chance that they are on Hard Knocks probably. Uh, if they're not, though, that whole – they do, like, a whole, like, mini camp. Yeah, like during, the, like during training minute, camp. The whole during training thing. camp, yeah. they do, like, a five- or six-minute clip of all their yep. training, and that's yep. stuff that we're talking about with Bad Patricia where, like, mm-hmm. Patricia's, like, on his go-kart, like, showing them. Yeah, he looks so good. Everybody looked amazing. And, looked so, yeah. and everyone looks so great and everything. Yeah. But you you can see that during the training camp and the preseason games. Right. I mean, it's like a it's like a Hard Knocks miniature version of it almost yeah. during, during training camp. So, yeah, it, it like I said, I just wanted to bring it, it up. It gets you very excited. It does, for sure. It definitely gets you ready for the season. I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was cool. I, you know, we saw the Carolina Panthers do it this year as well. You know, and they were, they even made a call of the Lions. Okay, what are the Lions going to do? The Lions can take school because they really wanted Panay at, at eight, right? So they were like, okay, what are the Lions going to do? So they, they, you know, you kind of saw that. It, it was just an interesting thing. Like I said, it's nothing, nothing earth shattering by any means, but it, it was, it's, it, every once in a while, it's just nice to see behind the curtain. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's shift a little bit here. I want to talk about Madden. You know, I, I brought up at the beginning of the show, you know, we play Madden all the time. It's just kind of what is what it is. There isn't really any other <laughs> football games out there, quite frankly, but we got Madden cover athletes this year, Mr. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. The the thing is the two goats. Um, first question, I guess I got to ask is for you, Mike, because I think me and you, I think are maybe a little bit in the minority here when we say we're not necessarily not fans of Patrick Mahomes, but I think we're both kind of over the amount of fawning over Patrick Mahomes at this point from the mainstream yeah. media. Not that he's not talented. He's the best quarterback in the league. No arguments here. However, we got it. Like, okay, yeah. cool. They are, they, are, they are, to me, what Golden State did to basketball for mm-hmm. like five years is what the Chiefs are probably going to do for like 10 years for football. Yeah. And the reason why, like, I never really hated New England because I always thought New England wasn't like perfect. I guess they had the yeah. one undefeated season, whatever. Right. But they were never really perfect to me. They just played really well. And Brady was really good in the clutch moments. But they were—they always had like weaknesses. Or they, they never had a sexy far. roster either. Yeah, they, Outside yeah, of those like, two years with Moss, they never their, had a sexy. Yeah, you roster. look at those reasons. Like they were like, oh, Wes Welker, Julian, Dion Branch, Dion Branch. Like you look yeah. at these guys, you're like, all right, there's no way that. And all of a sudden they start winning stuff. You look at Kansas City; they got Kelsey Hill. Uh, Sammy Watkins, you yeah. know, Le'Veon Bell goes there for right. a minute. Like you get all these sexy picks mm-hmm. and everything. So that's why, but they're like the Golden State Warriors where they just like, they're so good offensively, not as great defensively, but they're yeah. so good offensively. They, right. they, when they win, they kind of flash it in your face, but when they lose, they're kind of like, yeah, Meh. give you a little like, yeah, like a, it's kind of annoying because they're not like super humble about it all the time, but it's yeah. fine. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There's just not the super love I have for them, but right. Great I think I think there's a respect there factor, right? Like I respect yeah. the fact that the Green Bay Packers are a good football team. I don't like that they're a good football team, yeah. but like, and nothing against the Chiefs. Like honestly, when they won their first title, I was I was super happy for them, right? They have yeah. won one forever, right? I love Andy Reid to death. I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I thought he deserved it. I like Mahomes, you know, but it's yeah. just the consistent fawning over certain people it's like oh like i was over it for brady for a hot minute they're like okay i got it like you know what i mean you know and then they went this big lull there where they didn't win one like it's the cowboy mm-hmm. love but they actually win it's like i don't get it yeah. um do you think he's already one of the greatest of all time i mean he's only going into his third season as a starter like i mean fourth season i guess fourth season, fourth yes. season sorry fourth season fourth season yeah. fifth season overall he's not even yeah. technically out of his rookie contract yet for goodness nope. sake like, it, it, 
can he already be considered one of the greatest of all time? Like, if his career ended today, people would be talking to him like him. He's like he's Bo Jackson, right? Like, oh my gosh, yeah. you should have seen him when he was healthy. Blah 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 blah. Right? But like, theoretically, there is a lot of time for him. Potentially, it's not going to happen, but potentially, like all of a sudden, fall off a cliff. Yeah, um, I think he's uh, he's not like top five for me, yeah. but there's like a general like top ten where I would go. You could like argue your way. Yeah. Probably in that, in right. that bottom mm-hmm. of the top five or the top 10 for me, yeah. there's like a pretty clear, you got like your Brady's, your Montana's, your yep. Peyton's. Yep. And then, you know, name, like, you know, if you want John Elway in there, you want yeah. whoever, right. um, whoever, whoever your preference is at like four or five or six or whatever, yep. like he's not there, but he's also in that, like, is he better than Favre? Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. On talent for sure. Right. On talent, better, like, yeah. is he better than like Warren Moot or whoever you yeah. add in that like bottom yep. tier of guys in the top 10? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like in that area, still trying to find his way through. Yeah. I think, you know, once again, I think it's going to come down to what does he do, right? Like, if they never win and never win another Super Bowl, yeah. right? I don't think you can consider him, you know, in that range, right? I also think, too, this is a little bit off topic, but I think we're way too quick to throw around the GOAT conversation like you can appreciate greatness right and and that is and and you can appreciate dramatic transcendent talent right like i could appreciate the fact that calvin johnson changed the way defenses had to play certain guys right you're not going to see calvin johnson come out of every draft right but is he jerry rice no he's not you know is he randy moss no, he's he just wasn't right. It's just yeah. it, you know what I mean. Like you can say what you want, but the numbers don't suggest it. The longevity doesn't suggest. There's just certain yeah. things about it, right? So I just think we're a little bit too early to like, like Brady had to do has got to win seven Super Bowls, and he really had to win six and have an improbable come. Yeah, sorry, whatever. Yeah. He's whatever. He had to win an improbable comeback. Yeah, yeah, the comeback, right? For him to be like, okay, that's what put him over the top. So, it wasn't. So you know what I mean, I have, I have kind of like a goat criteria for myself. Yeah, and it's like how I determine if you're like on that level or not. Yeah, and one of it is you have to win like depending on the sport, like two or three championships or whatever to yeah. even start the debate. That's why Mahomes isn't in that debate yet because he only has the one. He's been to two, but you need to win like two to three to be in that debate. But also, you need that like mm-hmm. wow moment for me to yeah. like really put you like Montana has that, that, uh, that fourth quarter or that last drive of the game against uh, Cincinnati. I think yep, it was Cincinnati, where he yep. goes the game winner against uh, Hey, is that John, John candy? Is that John, is that John candy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, like he has that moment, Brady, obviously that 25 point comeback against Atlanta is like absolutely iconic. If yeah. we go to basketball, LeBron has the three, one comeback against golden state. Like you have those moments yep. in a where it's like, that mm-hmm. just made you, yeah, that that no, puts you on that puts you on another level. Yeah, that puts you on another level than almost anybody else has played the game. Yeah. So for me, even if Mahomes wins like five, like four more Super Bowls, I'm like, you need to have also that moment to be like, yeah, you, I you're think, different. And I don't know thing. if you'll ever get that because of his how good his so teams. Are, yeah, his teams are always so stacked. So he's either gonna blow people out. Or he's going to get like what the Bucks did to him and he's going to get like, he's never, it's never going to be close to him. Go, okay, let me go win this in the last second, a Super Bowl yeah. against this number one defense of all time. Kind of like, I don't think right. you're ever going to see that. So I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to put him in. Yeah. And it's, t- and it's tough, right? Cause there's a lot of perfectness going on right now in his world, right? Andy Reid is yeah. the perfect coach. If he had Matt Nagy calling plays, I'm guessing 
probably wouldn't go as well. Or if he had, yeah. you know, Jim Bob Cooter throwing screens every play, I'm guessing it probably wouldn't go as well, right? So I don't want to take anything from Mahomes. I just think that sometimes we get a little bit too eager, McBeaver, about calling guys the greatest of all time. When you have somebody like Brady who was actively still in the league, who is clearly like the guy, like, and I, right now you can't argue it because he just beat him as well. So there's that yeah. as well. I yeah, do want to, you're also never going to get past Brady because you have the head to head. Yeah, exactly. So, so if they never meet again. It's like, I beat you one. I beat you twice. I beat really. You I beat you in the conference yeah. championship and I beat in you the here. Super Bowl. It's really yeah. tough for two different guys. teams. And I, by the way, I was collecting AARP cards. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, okay. It's going to be tough. Speaking of goats, though, right? Another guy that I think maybe should have been on the Madden cover, if you're being honest with yourself, is Aaron Rodgers, right? And that's another guy. Um, I, I do want to ask first off: Do you think he should have been on the cover? Is it? And do you think it's because they don't really know where he's going to play next year? Is why he wasn't on the cover? Yes, or is it because yeah. they had a perfect scenario? Mahomes versus Brady is like the best NFL could have ever asked for. Um, I think yes, yes, and yes to like okay. all of those. I think I think Rogers should have been on the cover, and I think part of why it's it they kind of del- I feel like they delayed the cover reveal a long time Absolutely. this year. I think yeah. it's kind of because they're like, okay, so is Rogers going to be in Green Bay? No one knows all the way up until even today. We still don't know a hundred percent. So they're like, you know, what? we have to release it. So let's get the previous Super Bowl, who people th- think is the greatest quarterback basketball of all time, which mm-hmm. it didn't really turn out to be, but what people think <laughs> it should have been, right. and Brady and Mahomes, the two best right now going at right. it. Um, so they're like, all right, we have this backup plan. And I think that's kind of where it went. Yep. Um, but yeah, MVP. I honestly, you know who I thought should have actually, actually, actually should have been on it is Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's because a great one. He, he yeah, ran two thousand yards team. and had like fifteen touchdowns or whatever. Carried like team. three other three other players have ever done that. So I think yep. if someone should have been on it, it probably yeah. should have been him. Yeah, but he's not sexy of enough of a player. He's not, yeah, he, he he's plays in Tennessee. He's a running back, right? At any yeah. point, he's, he one injury and he's done. It's just you know, yeah, there's it's not different. enough there to. Yeah, I, I I I agree with you, right? There's there's a couple guys. Speaking of Rodgers, though, I I did want to do a quick update here on this as well. Um. We haven't gotten a lot. Mark Murphy's come out. The team president has been like, you know, Aaron's a, is a, you know, is a unique fella, you know, and you're like, Oh God, you're just, you're just dying. You're killing yourself as somebody that is not an Aaron Rodgers fan. Okay. I personally would like to see him leave the Packers and pull a Brady. No, no. This is talking about somebody who is not a fan of him because he plays for the Packers, but I can appreciate his talent. Right. I just think that at this point, He's clearly not, he has been wasted. And I've said this on the air several times and you can, and we've talked about this privately as well, Mike, where you can honestly say um, that the Green Bay Packers have wasted 40 years close to of top, I would say eight, if you're being very generous quarterback play over 40 years with between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Now they've got two championships out of it, no doubt, but they wasted about 38 of the rest of those years by not being competent enough to put teams around him, especially Rodgers. Favre had some receivers, had some time, and Rodgers did too in his early years. But ever since the last five, six, seven years where it's like, man, this dude is ready, let's go. Like this is the time, he's in his prime, and they have done nothing to help him. I think at this point, I think it would behoove Aaron Rodgers and his legacy to go somewhere else and go win. Like if he took a Denver Bronco team that who on paper uh, offensively could be very good defensively is 
meh. But offensively, with these young weapons, could be fantastic. And take a team like that to a Super Bowl, I think does way more for him than winning a championship or going to another NFC title and getting de- demolished with the Green Bay Packers. What, what are your yeah. thoughts on the Rodgers thing? Because I think at this point, it's almost like if he stays, I think he's just going to rot there. Like he's yeah. going to have MVP seasons, but he's not getting anywhere with it. My see, if I was see, I think the, the tough part is he waited too long. Yeah. And the reason I say okay. he waited too long is now you in the AFC has become way so competitive. Yes, 100%. That I don't think I don't think no matter where he goes, because obviously you're not getting on the Chiefs because they have Mahomes. Right. You're not getting on like Baltimore. Yep. You're not getting on like Buffalo probably. Yeah. Or anything. Colts like, got not, Wentz. Yeah, Colts, Colts got, got Wentz. Right. Tennessee still has their guy. So like, mm-hmm. there's so many teams that are up there but have their guy. The only team, and I've said it like five times in the last yeah. couple of weeks, is Cleveland. Oh, my would God. Do any, should do anything to get him. Oh, but my he wouldn't, God. I don't think he'd go. He wants to go to the West Coast somewhere. So that's yeah. even like – Can you imagine – can we take a second, though, just to imagine that super team where that take the, Baker that, Mayf- that, They wouldn't lose a game. They would not lose is, a game. That is the only team that I think could easily dismantle everyone in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else he went, I think it would be a struggle, and I don't think he gets through them. So yeah. I actually – I think his better luck would be – Staying in the NFC yeah. and like what? T- okay, you gotta get through the Bucks, right? And possibly the Rams, probably or your two yeah. teams. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, okay, yeah. I just named you six teams in the AFC. You probably can't beat on any of the other teams, right? With the Packers as they're currently assembled, you just need a couple breaks. So I'm like, yeah. I would personally probably stay in Green Bay only because the level of competition mm-hmm. probably isn't as high. Yeah, in the NFC. Yeah, because the NFC is so volatile, right? Every yeah. year, it just seems like somebody else comes out. Let me ask you this: If he stays in, in Green Bay, yeah, does he win a champ? No, the championship. Uh, no, because I don't think he'll be any team that the AFC represents. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a like, fair. I think he could get uh, there. Yeah, I, I do think, too. Okay, I think he so could. I think, like, say, like yep. in two years, Brady retires. Right. And then Bucks, Stafford, Bucks pay for the Bucks pay for having yeah, Brady. Yeah. yeah, Bucks are gonna <laughs> fall off a cliff. Yeah, uh, the NFC East probably won't figure itself out. So probably no. still unless, unless Washington unless Washington finds their guy because Washington yeah. is built right now. Like yeah, they could, but if they, if they have a guy, they could. You gotta trust they're gonna find that they're gonna find their Justin Herbert, which I don't think they will. And but. then you're just competing with like the Niners and Rams, and Rams. probably. Yeah, but and, those are teams that are easily beatable. So yeah. I think you could get there. Yeah. I don't, Chiefs. But then, I don't but think then he's I'm like, the Chiefs. But then I'm like, okay, so you got the Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, right. Colts. Like, name me a team that they're going to beat that probably mm-hmm. comes out of the AFC in the next mm-hmm. five years. Maybe yep. Cleveland, if they could upset and get there, you could maybe beat Cleveland. Yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah, you exactly. Know what I mean? So I think it's yeah. tough. It's like, I don't think you could beat the AFC, but I do think you could get to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I just, at this point, right, because it's funny, we talk about the GOAT, and we do this a lot in basketball, obviously, but we, we do it in football as well, right? And it's, it's everyone's like, okay, it's like the one thing every all sports fans, for whatever reason, agree on. They're like, oh, no, it's, it's Brady, right? Like, we just accept that he's the best, and it is what it is, yada, 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 right? Especially when it comes to quarterback play, right? You can make the – I could still make the argument Jerry Rice is probably a better overall player, but that's beside the point. The, anyway. I think NFL is hard because it's like – They're like, too Brady, drastic Brady of, of like, spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Like, everything is so drastic, so I'm like – yeah, but anyway, right? So we, we assume Brady's the best quarterback ever, right? So, like, we never really put Rodgers. And everyone's like, Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback I've ever seen. It's like, okay, that's great. But, like, he doesn't have the numbers. Breeze does, right? And theoretically, if – and I, I know everyone's going to laugh at me, but Stafford could have a few of those records if he continues to play as long as Breeze does. He's on the pace right now to mm-hmm. beat some of Breeze's numbers. Another wins, but he's got the numbers, right? Take that for a grain of salt. But – so he doesn't have the numbers. 
he doesn't necessarily have the wins. I mean, he's got a lot of wins, but nothing crazy. It's not like he's they're going 15-1 every year. He has not a ton of playoff success because they've lost in the NFC Championship game, what, four times now? And uh, yeah, and then, years. right, and they haven't been – he's won one Super Bowl. And yet people are like, he's the greatest quarterback. For, and I, honestly, there are days where I've seen Aaron Rodgers play where you go, there's nobody stopping this man. Like, it, it's just you see him get into another level where you go, there is nobody playing better than him in this moment right now. There's nobody. But he's never put in that greatest of all time conversation because of his lack of championship success. Yeah. Is that going to just haunt him forever? Like, it, like, I think if he wins two, I think, okay, now you can start talking about it, right? Because his interception to touchdown ratio is insane. His completion percentage is insane. He's always consistent. But if he doesn't win another one, I think two is the minimum that you have to have at this point to be in that level where it's like, okay, he only made, he had two, he got to two, he won two. Like Elway's only got two. He went to three or four, but he got two, right? And he yeah. won two. So Elway now was like, okay, Elway was one of the best. And Rodgers is always going to be one of the best, but to be really considered in that top five, Rodgers, I feel like needs one more. And unfortunately, I think it's hard to say because like, once again, I personally, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody better on a, on a one yeah. day, like, man, him and Brady and Peyton. <laughs> Yeah, like to me, I'm like, I think if he wins another one, I think he's like five yeah. in my top five. Yeah. But if he doesn't win another one or even goes to another one, right. I think he's one of the, he's in a big grouping, kind of like where Mahomes is, but yeah. maybe even a little lower because he hasn't been to another one. Right. Where there's like a big grouping of like, you've been to one, you're like where Favre. Well, that's like Favre at least like, got to two. Favre yeah, exactly. at least like, got back. There's there. like a list of, of yeah. guys where it's like, man, like you're like, you didn't do anything. You have the arm talent, but a lot of guys have the arm talent. Yeah. Is what you do with right. it? Oh, you got to the end of the championship game a lot, but you never got over the hump kind of thing. Right. right. So, like, I think, I, I think you're in a big echelon of guys. There. I'm so I'm gonna say something, and you're gonna laugh at me really, really hard right now. And this is me being a, this is me being a total homer, just so we're all clear here. But I'm just gonna throw this out there, okay? If this Ram experiment works, and the Rams somehow, some way, win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford at quarterback. I am so excited to talk about that resume comparison just a little bit. Cause I think that's going to be really funny. Just throwing that out there because all of a sudden you look at it and you go, well, same amount of, same amount of Super Bowls. I don't know. I'm just, just, just to piss people off. But anyway, I digress. All right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be that close, but it's not, it's not a close competition, but I'm just saying, um, I don't think there's like, I don't think you could find another person on earth that would agree with you. But I'm just saying, I'm not, I wouldn't even agree with that. I'm not even saying it's true. I'm just saying at the end of the day, if they both have one ring at the end of the day, I don't know. <laughs> Fine. I'll try and sell you. On it. it has to happen. I mean, like, first for me to it it, has, one, to it happen. has to happen first. And two, yeah. I'm like, Rogers does have like six NFC championship appearances. Yeah. Like we need, we need Stafford to do a little more than Listen, just, he's like, got the same amount of Super Bowls as Trent Delfer does. All right. That's all I have to say. Hey, that's yeah. fine. But that's he has fine. like eight more championship yeah. appearances yeah. than Trent Delfer has. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Coming close on these accounts and horseshoes and hand grenades, my friend. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying it's better than him not making it. Let me be clear. I'm yeah. steadfast on that, but I digress. We had that conversation. Yeah, would you rather him go to yeah. eight and lose them all? <laughs> How would that help the resume? Oh, God, that would not be good either. Anyway, all right, let's shift here to the NBA talk. This episode's going long, but I don't care. We're having a good time. Um, all right. We kind of know, right, what the West is, right? We've kind of, you know, you know, yeah, we know, we know what it is, right? It's Phoenix, 
and Clippers. Uh, the Clippers, right? Two teams that we both definitely pegged as going to the Western Conference Finals you know from the funny? opening day. You know what's funny is I picked the two teams in the first round that they beat in yeah. the championship. So I just flipped them. So yeah, like if you, you're close. If you, if you, like, I didn't think the middle teams, like the semifinals, had any yeah, chance. Right. I just got the first rounders wrong. Yeah, so, you got it. I mean, yeah, you're close. fine. You were close, right? Yeah, for sure. LeBron thanks you every day for your face. <laughs> yeah, you and Nick Wright, buddy, are like right there. Um, we, were, we were so close until yeah. we were so far. So close until LeBron if went, oh, by the way, it, I'm 40. <laughs> yeah, if only we had it where LeBron could, could leave the game, Yeah, but like the team just got better somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. Like, well, Durant didn't leave. Durant didn't leave the court, man. Durant didn't yeah, leave. Durant he didn't he, leave he will Brooklyn. All right. We're not going to talk about the East. We're not even really going to talk about matchups because we don't know. So I don't, I, I don't want to spend 40 minutes breaking down potential matchups on games that aren't going to happen. However, I do have some storyline purposes here that I do want to talk about. The first one being the Clippers, right? The Clippers get the get a comeback 2-0. They win 4-2, right? Game, six games. They get the dub, whatever. Kawhi doesn't play in a good chunk of these games. Okay, now we've had this discussion before. I'm still going to say it right now. Kawhi is not the best player in the NBA. But here's what I want to say about that, though, right? Is that if the Clippers somehow win a championship, some say they beat Brooklyn, right? I I, I think at this point it's kind of Brooklyn's East to lose. Yes. Um, I say that, and of course the Bucks are going to win while Ron Air or something like that, right? And I'm going to look like an idiot. However, whatever. So uh, say yeah. the Clippers win, and maybe he does play in the Western Conference and finals, right? But he's clearly not going to be 100%. He's got an ACL-type problem, okay? What does that say about, A, this Clippers team, and, B, about what Kawhi's legacy is? Because I think we can agree that that Toronto run, he was he was pivotal. He, he was the person that made that team go and win that championship. Yeah. However, people don't talk about the fact that they basically played against the most dismantled Warriors team we've seen in six years. You know, mm-hmm. he had Steph and a whole bunch of nobodies, right? So he's got a championship with the Spurs. He's got a title with Toronto. If they somehow back into a weird NBA playoff final where they somehow, someway, Ty Lue wins a second championship as a head coach and everybody goes, what the hell's going on? What does it say? Does it say anything? It, I mean, it, should we be having a conversation because you don't think it's going to get done because they're right now they're relying on guys like Bradley Mann to have 39 points to win a closeout game? Like, what I mean, if they do win it somehow, though, what does that say about him and Paul George? Like, is it like, okay, it's successful. This whole endeavor is successful because they got a title out of it. I mean, it is successful. I think for Kawhi specifically, mm-hmm. I think it's not the worst thing. It, it's not the worst thing that can happen for you, obviously, because you, right, you won a championship for it, sure. Yeah, But it's a pretty bad look because if you're not needed, to go and they, win and the they title win. Right. and they win like or you're like 50 percent, and you're kind of doing something if he plays 20 lot, minutes a game and you're that's not and you're, right. and you're blowing out the nets and winning like yeah. it's like how then we talk about the mv the actual meaning of the mvp how important are you to that team really right. and i think that's kind of where you it comes to is i always think the best player in the world and that's where people are going to try to go with it if he does win is, oh, look at that. Kawhi is the best. And I go, if he's not needed to win a playoff series, obviously because he just sat two games and they dismantled Utah in those two games, mm-hmm. um, is he can he really be considered the best player? Right. And I think that's the problem that Kawhi is going to get is we won, but – Right. What does he need it. to do? So let let me put it this way then. What does he need to do then in, if, if he – because I don't know if he's going to play in the Western Conference. I'm, I'm assuming he does. He, he probably will at one point. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. know what game. I don't know what, what it's going to take, right? So 
say he plays half the Western Conference Finals and they get to the Finals, say they win, right? What does he need to do? Is there a stat line he needs to put up? Is there a plus minus he needs to have for you to be like, okay, you could, you you were a legitimate contributor to them? Because I will say this: in the first round, he definitely came up clutch in a couple games there against yeah. Dallas. They they uh, definitely right. He was right. he was on fire, right? And obviously he got hurt in this next year. Shocker, I know, but like, so like, what does he need to do, in your opinion? to kind of be like, okay, you know what? He definitely was, they wouldn't, they needed Kawhi to win this series. Is it 25 a night? Is it, is it playing 28 minutes? What is it for you? There's nothing individually that I think that he could do. I think Mm -hmm. the one thing is either one or the other of, and I'm assuming that they're going to play the Nets in the finals. So I'm going to talk more about the finals, but this could also go to the Western conference finals. Yeah. Playing a very good Phoenix team. Is you're playing a very good Phoenix team either lock down Devin Booker mm-hmm. and or have the same or match his output, match, match his offensive output. output. Okay. And that's what you need to do. And the same thing with the Nets is either lock down KD or do the vice versa match and just match what KD does. And then your other team, obviously, as we've seen, mm-hmm. your supporting cast is good enough to help overcome these games. Right. But that's what you need to do if you're Kawhi. Is, I'm not asking Kawhi be the best player 50, on the court. Just be the best player and – and I know running both sides is extremely difficult, so I'm not yeah. going to ask you to. Yeah, one or you KD. said in your defense, you did say one or the other. It's either yeah, lock not, him down yeah. and have 12 points, or have 40 points. Either way, have 40 points. But <laughs> yeah. either way, you got to be the star on one side of the yeah. court. You got to be making a difference. Like you can't, like you can't be guarding, um, Luke or uh, not Luke Nart on your team. Uh, Joe Harris. You can't be guarding yeah. Joe Harris and then get 25 a night. That's not going to work. Yeah. You either need to get 40 a night and then guard Joe Harris, or you're guarding KD. And getting okay. fifteen. Now, now let me spin this way. What does in, in the, at this point, right? Let's just assume for a second Brooklyn gets there. Okay. Yeah. If they win a championship, what does this say about Kevin Durant? Because this is his team. This is yes. his team, right? Yes. It's not Steph's team. He didn't go right. He's 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 done it. This is his team. Now I know Kyrie's hurt. I know Harden's been in and out, but Harden is playing right now. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, whether or not they're playing or not, at the end of the day, if Kevin Rand has goes one for 15, they're losing the basketball game. Mm-hmm. What does that say about Kevin Durant, a team that we have, we have both doubted consistently throughout this year because we didn't think it was going to work, and they're coming together at the right time. Yeah. As much as I hate to say it, they are. What does this say about Durant? And is it time if, if they somehow come out and win this championship, is it time to kind of shift focus and say, okay, Durant's the best player in the world right now? So to answer that first part, because the second yeah. part's a little trickier. Yeah. The first part is if uh, what was your first question? Well, what I, is I what really I guess I guess one. what is what does this mean for Durant if they win what this championship? Like I his think, legacy. I think it's I think for his legacy purposes, I think it's very, I think it validates a lot of things that people were very wishy washy on. Because mm-hmm. I think when you look at his OKC years, you were like, okay, you had Russ, but Russ isn't you know that right. kind of level. Harden player. hadn't come so, out yet. Yeah, and like 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 Kevin Kevin Durant is almost as equivalent of like LeBron early Cavs years where Mm -hmm. he was doing a lot, but he didn't see a lot of the success because he didn't really have the team around him. Then he goes to Golden State, and obviously the absolute super team that Golden State was, it was like a very easy two titles and three appearances. Let me say this though, too. Let me say this too about Durant too, and especially those two years that he actually because the third year against Toronto he didn't play right, but like those first two years he was the best player on the court. Like, he let's was. be clear. He was very much like everyone's going to give it was Steph's team. And I think Durant was able to play free because it was yes. Steph's team, but he was definitely the best player on the, the floor. Yeah. The, the fundamental problem I have with Kevin Durant on that team yeah. is that 
it, you're not the sole defensive no, no, like right. person. No. And more people are concerned about what Clay and Steph do than well, what everybody, you were right? doing. The fact that you got you got single covered while you were able to you had the luxury yeah. to double cover the guy you're yeah. playing against. Yeah, exactly. Like when yeah, you're playing the sure. Cavs, it's like all right, we have to triple LeBron and no one yeah. else can do everything. And yeah. then you're like, all right, I'm singled by Jeff Green. Let's see what I can do on him. Like right, right, it's, sure. it's a much yep. different situation. Yep. I think this team is kind of tough because originally I was like, okay. Like, like, so the start of the year, I was like, okay, you just have Kyrie. So it's going to be like, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically on you. just you, but Kyrie yeah. helps out kind of right. like how LeBron was, but then you got James Harden. I went, okay, now you're kind of turning into yeah. super teamish. Yeah. But it's Miami heat again. It's the Miami, it's Miami heat. heat. Mm-hmm. And then now, but in the playoffs, now Kyrie gets hurt or James Harden gets hurt. Now you're not full strength. So now he's got to put up 49, 17 and 10 to beat teams and play full go, 48 and, didn't, and play all 48 to really get you over the hump. Yeah. So it's, it's very impressive what he's doing. And I think he's just showing like his dot, what he can really do. Doesn't have to be on a super team to, to do what he has to do. And I think, I think he is showing right now, if nothing else, I know Luca had a great playoff series and I know Devin Booker's coming out of his show and really kind of taking yeah. the spotlight that he deserves, but he's showing right now. He's the best pure scorer in basketball. Yes, he is. Right now, he is the best pure. I know some people maybe have already learned, like, duh, where you been? But, like, there are times where you could be like, okay, well, Harden at one point was dropping 40 a night, and you were just like, yeah. wow, like, what are you doing? And it was also, like, the Golden State ones, I was like, he's probably the best, but yeah. Steph can just come off and just have 50 yeah. if you wanted to. Like, yeah, right. Steph hits being... had six shots in a quarter, and he's got 18 points. Yeah, and, all threes. And, and, he's, and if you're single covered like KD is, it's very easy to post up and, you know, sure. shoot over people when you're single cover the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, but this one's proving a lot more. Right. Now, my second part of that question, if Durant wins this title, whether or not Kyrie and Harden both play, whether they're both healthy, they're not either one of them are going to be 100 percent healthy regardless. Right. So we can both agree to that. But if they win this championship, they're beating. I don't care if it's you. I don't care if it's uh, Clippers or Phoenix. And they beat Giannis to get there, yada yada yada. And they probably beat the I'm gonna say the 76ers, but if it's Atlanta, they're definitely they're definitely gonna be Atlanta. No offense, but whatever. They get there. What I mean, is it time to officially segue and say, at least for now, until we see the revenge tour that LeBron is definitely going to go on next year? And I'm already prepared for it. I think everyone should be. Is it time to kind of say, all right, he's the best player in the world? Right now, at this point. This is for me, this is the first time. In like eleven years, probably. Yeah. Where I think you got the closest thing to, if not, you, he is the best. I think there's like an interim, like you know, on UFC, they yeah, have like the sure. interim championship. Yeah, the heavyweight champion gets hurt. That, yeah. And right. then they have that fight, and then like that's the real champ. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Durant, if he does win it, and he does do more of these 49, 17, and ten games or whatever, doesn't mm-hmm. have to be that, but like very right. impressive. He's got to be. He's got to be playing at the highest. Like, he's got to be the best player if on the floor night and night. Out. The, yeah, if he's doing that, I can at least give him like, okay, for right now, you are the best. Mm-hmm. But we didn't see. 100% Lakers. Lakers team. Right. And that's kind of the matchup you need, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm like hesitant to say it because I want to say, like, last year, everyone, or two years ago, everyone was like, oh, Kawhi, he's the man, best right. player on the planet. And then the year after, he blows a 3 1 lead to Denver in the second round. Like, right. so I'm not right. ready to just go, oh, yeah, you're the man, where yeah. next year you could have, you could have an awful stretch and lose it too. Right. But I'm saying this is the closest thing to me of like an interim, yeah, best player yeah. on the planet. But I still think, like you said, I think LeBron's going to come back after 200 days off because of the 
yeah. longer postseason slash offseason that he's going to have. Yep. And he's going to be healthy. Anthony Davis is going to be whatever Anthony Davis is. And I think they're going to do their thing. I, so, think gonna, I also think they're going to make another move for another star. And I think they're going to get some kind of star and there's going to be three guys. And yeah. I think then yeah. it's going to be really tough. But, and then I'll say yeah. at that point, if the Laker, if LeBron doesn't look right, KD's definitely then yeah, the, the guy, player. the guy, like okay. it's definitely KD. So KD's like, I would say like nine out of 10 there, mm-hmm. but I'm still like LeBron's like right around the corner. Like, yeah, I'm still there. Right. Don't forget about me. Yeah, don't for sure. forget about me. Kind of guy. Like right now it's KD. I expect the revenge tour a hundred percent. Like, so I'm definitely prepared for him. Maybe not the regular season for him to be anything all that great, but in the playoffs, like if they get there, like if, if for whatever reason they have another year where everyone's banged up and they don't make it, I go, okay, maybe this is kind of time to, you know, See, you said earlier, you might, you're going to hate when I say this, yeah. but it's just like when Brady, his last year in new England and Mahomes yeah. was like going on that rise. Yep. And then like the next year, Brady's like, okay, watch this. And yep. he goes on and like wins the title or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah. see, I'm still the best. It's kind of like one of those for me. Yeah, where I'm for like, sure. I yeah. think like Brady kind of like LeBron kind of he wrote him off. off like, and now is like the perfect time like, for them to be like, I'm still here. I'm yeah. still here. And I'm the guy. Yeah. And he might not be, but I got, I, I got two more guys I want to talk about here. Um, and Paul George is not one of them. Cause he sucks. Um, but there's two more guys I want to talk about. The first one is Giannis, because and, and here's why. Yeah. We expected this year for him to come out like a madman, right? We, we expected him. He wins another MVP, blah, 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 blah. You lose in the semifinal. You don't even get to the conference final, right? You're in the conference final. Or not, you're still in semi. I'm sorry. You're still in semifinal. Yeah, still in semis. And you're potentially out again. Your coach is probably going to get fired if you do lose, okay? Clearly, you're not the MVP or anything like that, but – is it time to take Giannis off of this pedestal and realize that maybe he needs more help than we originally thought? Because right now you are seeing, okay, he's great in the regular season. Bucks can be the number one seed. yippity doo dah. You can beat a crappy Detroit Pistons team. But any team that poses any sort of legitimate threat so far, you have yet to be able to beat them. The Heat, yeah, I get it. They were strong and hot during that one run. Fine, but you couldn't beat them. You had no answers. This year, I get it. You're going against Brooklyn, but Brooklyn's beat up. Brooklyn is beat up and have no interior presence. You should be dominating this series. And you're, these games should not be 115. To, they should be 100 to 90 if, if the Bucs were playing the right defense. You're not playing full minutes. You're finally going to guard LeBron, hopefully, based on what I'm reading. And yet, you're still, you're potentially on the semi. What does that say if he does not get there? I'm not even yeah. saying win the championship. I'm saying get to the finals because at the end of the day, that's where it is. If you get to the finals, I can say you had a good season. You lost the best team in basketball. I can't, I can't fault you unless you're just abysmal. But like he's, he hasn't even gotten there yet, and we're still talking about this dude like he's the like he's the top two or three player. But I'm like, how can you be the top two or three player if you, I can't count on you to get out of the second round? Yeah. To be fair, right now I don't think he's a top five player right now. Yeah. Um, but I do think. Um, Giannis, he needs to get there because yeah. until he develops a shot, a consistent shot, right? I think that he will never do anything. No, he because the the good teams have well, answers yeah, for that. that good they have like, an answer. Oh, we're just gonna play ten feet off of you. Yeah, and then you're shoot gonna the drive ball. in and shoot, shoot the, the ball. ball. Right, and, and try to make some. And in the regular season. Uh, they were able to beat Brooklyn. Why I was so confident that they would beat Brooklyn is because Giannis was hitting his shots. Yep. I was like, yo, if he can hit, you know, yeah, four right. threes every game, then I feel pretty confident. Yeah. And then game one and two happen. I go, oh, you go 0 for 11 in both those games. I go, okay, yeah. maybe you don't have any chance. Like, right. like my right. preconceived notion was absolutely wrong, I guess. Right. So 
I think Giannis, if he doesn't even get to the finals, if he never develops a shot, which like his shot, it was weird. I was watching a Twitter thing and like his shot coming into the league yeah. looked like Luca's. Like it was like a nice clean, like yeah. swish through. And all of a sudden it changes and his elbows out like way farther. And yeah, I'm like it's way out. Yeah. It's weird. Whoever his, whoever his shooting coaches, I was like, I don't know what you're doing. Cause you're ruining his shot more or yeah. less, but they need to fix whatever that is and get him at least like, like, and it was the same thing with LeBron in his early Cavs years where he, LeBron never had a shot. He just was a great scorer. Well, yeah. And then eventually once he got the shot in like Miami years, that's when he became like, Oh my God, yeah. how are you going to guard this guy? I, I, I'll that. stand back. His, his Cav years were his best years. The, the, when he went back that, well, that, four year, that yeah, four those four year run where it was like, was, cause even his heat run is like, okay, he's developing a jump shot. He would disappear but, at times that when he came back to the Cavs, no, it was I like, agree. he was a complete basketball his, his player. Early Cavs times are what you see Giannis now though. Is yeah, like, for sure. Yep, he drives absolutely. a lot. He doesn't really have a shot. He can make some yep. shots, but not mm-hmm. consistently. Then Miami, he developed all his skills. Yep. And then that four year Cleveland stretch. Yeah. That was the best LeBron James we've ever especially seen. Especially 2018 when he didn't, when Kyrie left yep. like that squad, that playoff run. Yep. It's like, my God, it's like, what can yep. he not do? Right. That, yep. That's like, that's like the best LeBron that you have. Yep, for but, sure. Yeah, um, so like for me right now, right, Giannis. like I think Giannis is almost getting to that point where it's like, you know, really okay, it's great. You got a couple MVPs, that's cool, but at some point, you have to be the guy we have to build around. And right now, he is turning into the okay, maybe we need another person to to really put us over the top here, right? Like, like I think like if he was like paired up with like Damian Lillard in Portland or something yeah. that would be a great matchup right because dame be. has a great jump shot he can shoot the ball from anywhere and then he can yeah. dominate inside right that would make some sense to me similar to what lebron and you know ad have right ad can dominate the paint can stretch the floor when he needs to right he's an efficient score in the paint down low and then you've got lebron doing everything else they bring in drew holiday they got middleton they got all these guys and yet they're still potentially out in the second round. Maybe they don't even get to the finals. And yet you're still talking. We're still talking about this guy. Like he is a transcendent talent. He still may be, but transcendent talent at center only gets me so far. You know what I mean? Like, let's be real here, you know? So it's, it's just interesting. Last one I want to talk about real quick here. And this is a tricky one. I think for a lot of reasons, Chris Paul, Oh, that's not where I thought we were going to go. Okay. No, Chris Paul. And you can bring up another guy too if you want to end okay. the show. But I, I, I'm i interested by this one because he's he's going to be potentially out for some of the Western Conference Finals with this COVID nonsense. Yeah, so he's out He's out for sure game one, Yeah, uh, which is Sunday. So yeah. that already happened technically. Yeah. Um, when you guys hear this episode, for so, sure. So he got hit with the health and safety, I think, last Monday, I believe. Yeah. So and I think he got the COVID shot. So I think it's a less – so mm-hmm. I think it's like a 10-day – Okay. So yeah. I think he should be back right. by game two, if not probably by game three, like on okay. the back. So my question for you is this getting the Phoenix Suns to the Western Conference Finals, beating the defending champion LA Lakers with LeBron James, and finally getting out of the second round for him, right? Because yes. that's a big deal for Chris Paul, right? Mm-hmm. Are we considering this his moment? Like, does Chris Paul need to win? Like, is this the point where you go, okay, this is why Chris Paul is considered among NBA circles inside NBA, where like Chris Paul is fantastic. And other and fans, I think, take for granted because maybe the stat line isn't as great as we'd like it to be. But like from a leadership and everything, he got this team here. Even if they don't make it, is this like, okay, this is the season that validated what Chris Paul can, has, and has always been to whatever team he's on? 
Yeah. Oh, no. Once he beat the Lakers, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. And then I knew they were going to beat Denver because Denver's all beat up and everything. Yeah, for sure. So I was like, he's going to get to this point. If he gets to the finals, it's going to be the absolute epitome of his career. Yeah. Um, but I've always thought, like, when you go through, like, the Clippers he made better, OKC okay, mm-hmm. two, two last year, two years ago, whatever it was, yep. when he got that team to, like, a fifth C when they were trying to tank. Yep. And then Houston right. – he, they, that was the only team to ever scare the uh, the Warriors right. team with Kevin They should have won. They should have won. They should have won if he didn't pull his hamstring yep. in game six and for game six and seven. And then this year with Phoenix, like everywhere he goes, the team, team gets better. gets better. And he is like the one guy who, for me, it's like you look at the stat line, like you can't stat line Chris Paul and like can't, hey, yeah, Chris you can't Paul. do it. Can't do it. Like everyone, everyone else in the NBA and everyone else in like football. Hockey, yep. You can look you at go. the number and go, People this tells a story. Yeah. And Chris Paul's the only guy where I guess some of the games where he gets like 15 and 15 assists with no turnovers, mm-hmm. I guess that tells a story, yeah. but like not really because 15 points isn't that much, yeah. but everything he does for the game is just so impressive. It's the stuff that and, you don't see. It's the intangibles, yeah. right? It's yeah. the leadership. It is providing an option for Devin Booker, right? It is mm-hmm. facilitating and taking Devin Booker off of the point to allow him to be the combo guard that he's meant to be, to allow him to be the offensive guy that, that he wants to be, right? So it's like, those are the things that I think he's doing. I just think that it's just a great story. Like when people, like he got shifted out to Phoenix, everyone's like, oh man, Phoenix got Chris Paul. It's like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, they should have went and got Fred Van Fleet and everybody else. It's like, okay, yeah. gross. Can we, can we, can we agree that yeah. in like 10 years? Yeah. We need a last dance documentary for Chris Paul. Yeah. And just like his like whole like I want one. he go. I need just like yeah. one episode of each place that he goes to. I want a whole episode dedicated to the failed trade when he went to the Lakers. Because if I guarantee if he would have went to the Lakers with Kobe when that yeah. failed trade when the NBA just went, you can't do that because yeah. they were technically owned by the the horns were owned by the NBA at that point. And Stern said no. Mm-hmm. He would have won a championship with Kobe because they had yeah, Gasol there too. So it was yeah. like they were definitely going to win a title. Yeah, I mean, they won that title anyway. So yeah, exactly. They were title, definitely because so yeah. then he so went to the Clippers and I was like, oh, the Clippers got Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. They were a good basketball team, but never to like. I just this has just been so interesting for me because they written him off. They've written him off, and it was like, man. And now they've really come together. And this team, there's a couple guys that every time they shoot the basketball, I go, who the hell is this dude? Right? You just don't even know yeah. some of these guys, but man what a run and like i i kind of hope they make it i think it'd be interesting as hell i it's funny i kind of hope they win the whole thing i think it'd be cool just the phoenix suns win the nba (laughs) championship how crazy would that be that would be awesome on so many levels beat the brooklyn nets too so it's just everybody's dreams are dashed but anyway was there a guy that you wanted to bring up before we close the show i mean not i mean i was gonna say we should bring up luca but we talk about Luca all the time, so we don't have. Actually, to. hold on. Actually, I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to talk about one more thing, and I, I do want to ask you this question. Um, Rick Carlisle steps down, Dallas Mavericks head coach. Okay, it's another coaching vacancy. Oh, Terry Stotts is gone. Uh, Stan Van Gundy got fired by the Pelicans. Uh, Indiana Pacers need a new head coach. There's a lot of teams right now. Oh, uh, Scott Bro- uh, Scott Brooks from uh, Washington, he's gone. Lots of teams open up for head coaching jobs. Right? How many? of these teams are going to hire a former NBA player. Um, how many are there? Just give me a rough, like six, something like that. Yeah. Six. I think um, everyone, but Dallas will. Okay. Second question to that is, is that, do you think that, I guess it's more of a, would you rather? Okay. If you're an owner, all right. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have, okay. A coach, or a quote-unquote star player? 
Because, like, Rick Carlisle or Luka Doncic. Because there was some rumors that there was a little bit of friction there, right? Between Mm -hmm. the two. Okay. So are you you talking, like, so on my team, do I want Rick Carlisle or Luka? Right. Okay. Right. Uh, I 100% would rather have Luka. Well, and here's my my reason why. Yeah. Carlisle, winning coach, won you a championship, has built a great culture. You've drafted relatively well. You've been competitive. Um, not like had a ton of playoff success, but you've been consistent, right? Won a championship, like I said. Now, Luca, he's the new hotness. He's probably going to be the best player in the league in three years. Totally get it, right? But if you are unable to provide him with some subset of, of coaching and a guy to elevate his game and to also develop the rest of his, because that's right around where he's at, right? Luca is a one-man show. He needs help, right? Mm-hmm. We all, we're all very aware of that. And if you don't have a guy, like if you hire Jason Kidd or something like that, I don't think that helps Luka Doncic, and I think it actually stunts his growth as a t- as a player and stunts your growth as a franchise because Dallas is a team on the rise. I, see, that's the thing is I trust Mark Cuban. I, that's why I said five out of six because I don't think yeah. Dallas will yeah. hire a former player. I think Dallas will hire a former coach of like, some sort, yeah, like whoever it is out yeah. there, mm-hmm. um, because I think that they know, okay, a former coach with Luca probably wouldn't work. They need like a guy to go in there and help Luca. Cause Luca is great. Like Luca can get you pretty far probably by himself. Yeah, for and you sure. go, you go, Oh, we haven't seen it. Well, yeah, he's played the Clippers twice. Yeah, like if he right. played Denver, he could probably be Denver by himself. almost. Yeah. Like for a while, at least this, playing. at least this Denver team, right? at least, like, I think this if they were full team. healthy. I think they go seven, but I, I understand your point. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think an actual coach could help fundamentally help and i think going to mark cuban and that coach and go no. who do you want luca because if you don't have luca and you just get and you keep say carlisle but you don't have luca even the best culture you have but luca's like your whole team so when you put him away you're like no, 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 no. yeah i get that i'm talking about from a, if you're from the future of your franchise you're trying to build do you want to have an established coach who has done it who has won at the highest of levels has won championships and has been competitive or okay we've got one guy and we're gonna just hope to God we can find that guy to kind of piece it together. Oh, like I guess you know what I mean? Because like yeah. I'm I'm from the school of man. If I if like I love the fact that we have Dwayne Casey as our head coach. I love it I because I know that he is going to develop this team because we don't have that star player. Now imagine us with that star player and Dwayne Casey's like, oh man, here we go. Now we're yeah. rolling, right? Like I was just very surprised to see him step down. So I was like, I wonder that's a that then the rift there. I feel like players star players are so now like they're demanding former co- former high quality players, I guess, to be the coach, because I think they get them or something or something like that. It was like, they understand the struggles and blah, blah, blah. I think they understand the struggle. And I think like in the term of Luca, Giannis, LeBron, all those guys where yeah. they can basically go up to a former player and right. go, I'm going in right now. Sorry. And just yeah. like walk in. Like, I think there's a lot, like if you went to Greg Popovich that's not and LeBron's fly. like LeBron's like I'm going in right now. He'd be like, "Yo, yo we need your minutes like later." Right. Like right. he would like call out LeBron and say, "No, no, you're not going to do that." Rick right. Carlisle, I think, has done that to Luca before too, where he's like, Absolutely. "Sit down. You're going to wait right. two minutes before you go back in." Where right. like sometimes Luca's like, "I want to go in right now," kind of thing. Right. And so I think that's why they prefer the coach or the yeah. former players, and so they can kind of like get their superstar treatment over them. Yeah, I just, you know, it's just one of those things. As a coach myself, too, I think it's hard for me to, like, get that, right? Obviously, I don't coach the professional level, so I don't have to deal with those kind of personalities. Just thought it was an interesting take. 
Uh, I think Rick Carlisle is going to be a new Boston Celtics head coach. Just spoiler alert, by the way, definitely think he's going to sure. Boston. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect fit for him. Yeah, well, he played in Boston. It just makes sense. But yeah. anyway, all right, that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. I know we went long. Today was a fun episode. We did a lot of things. We had a lot. We covered a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, you know, Mike is watching the Bucks and Nets as we speak right now, but obviously we're not going to know the results of that. So by the time you guys are hearing this, you're going to be already knowing that. But that's going to be it for this week's show. Next week, we're going to be talking Hell to Sell. We're going to probably be we're actually going to be covering Eastern Western Conference Finals games based on where the current the current uh, series are at um, and give our potential matchups and what we'd like to see happen. Um, obviously, Mike's got a lot of hot takes when it comes to that. And honestly, any NFL news that comes along the way, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded or what have you, we'll be on that as well. But that's I've always said if, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a, that's gonna be that, a quick that, hitter. That is the only topic I could probably think of unless, yeah. like, the Lions, like, do something, do something astronomically insane, which they that would probably just go the day of. Yeah. We'll talk about. Yeah. That would definitely be a quick hit or worth episode. Outside of that, anything major um, like that. I don't think there's anything else too much. That's that big. Oh, not unless the meteor hits earth, but that's going to be it for this week's show on behalf of the missing whale man. He is the Mark. So Mike Merkel, I am the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. And we will see you guys as always next time.